The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. everybody it is tuesday august 15th 2023 and it is indeed a heck of a morning we are live on the mma fighting twitter spaces we are live at the savannah hilton head international airport for this program and you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the mma fighting podcasting network hello everybody i am mike heck as i said at the airport getting ready to head to boston massachusetts for UFC 292 Fight Week coverage. I will not be there the entire time. I will be there later on today through Saturday morning, and then I will leave Saturday morning for an early a.m. flight to New York for the watch party with Man GC. So, yeah, it's UFC 292 Fight Week. I'm just going to take questions from you all for the next 30 or so minutes, and then i got to get ready to board a flight, which I hope goes off on time. We've already gotten like a five-minute delay, but hopefully that's the only one. The weather in Boston apparently is really shitty. So hopefully that changes quickly so I can get the hell out of here and back to my hometown. So if you guys got questions, things you want to get off your chest, line on up, and let's get this rolling. We will begin with my pal Toke. Who didn't get his Otno submission read on Sunday by AK? I blame him for that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get to that in a second. I want to talk about this card, which Dana apparently wasn't interested in either. He was busy finding three months old tweets from Ann Evans, which was strange. Um, but what I want to talk about is, of course, as you said, Khalil Roundtree. So he was the star of Saturday. And I feel like I want to give him a main event. I think he's earned it. I think he's, he's there. And we have a guy in the top 10 
that needs to get a comeback fight. And that is Alexander Rakic. And I think that would be a fitting. I know this is, I mean, that's an apex main event, right? It seems like a chance to get them both five rounds if it goes that long. Not that I think that it does, but I think that's the matchup to make. And uh, yeah, so that's one. And I want to hear what your, your thoughts are on that because I don't think anyone else actually suggested that on the show. And the other thing is Terrence McKinney. He talked about on uh, the MMA Hour that he might already have uh, an opponent in September. And I don't know if you've heard any whispers or if you could uh, shed a light on some of that. And it, I know he didn't remember which date it was, so he doesn't know if it's Apex or Paris. But I mean, if you could uh, find, if you have some info on that, we would like to hear it. Thank you. Thanks, man. Uh, as far as McKinney goes, it's so hard to confirm his stuff because even if we get wind of it, those guys um, from that management group, they all have like their OnlyFans account and they want to break news on that. So even if we could get the other side, trying to confirm the other side is going to be really tough because of how they like to announce their fights. So no real clue there, but it could be anybody. Terrence is just kind of in that position right now. The Rakic idea for Roundtree, I'm fine with it. The only reason I didn't suggest it is because we just don't know what the hell's going on with him at this point. We have no clue. So until I see something that he's ready to fight or he goes on social media and says, fight announcement coming, then I'll kind of have a better idea. But yeah, if they want to do that fight as a Apex made event, I'm fine. I, su I suggested uh, Azamat Mirzakhanov. There have been far worse fight night main events at the Apex than that one. So that would work as well. But yeah, I'm cool with him getting a main event, give him a fun fight, and let's see what he can do for five rounds. I mean, we've, we've had some pretty bad Apex main events, and Khalil deserves it. Give him a shot. He didn't call it a name. He was very respectful, as he always is. Give him a shot. See what he can do. And the Dana thing is just hilarious. I didn't see the, the tweets or the responses or anything, but it's, it's funny that I saw a clip like going through Instagram like reels yesterday of he was on Tyson's podcast and he was like, live life. Don't fight. Don't get in fights with people, all that stuff. And then here he is searching for fights on social media. The dude has already won. I just don't understand it. But what can he do? It's the Boston in him. Uh, foreign sniper. Hello. Yep, I got you. Hey, heck of a morning. Uh, I just want to talk about the co-main event going on this weekend between uh, Zhang Weili and Amanda Lemos. I haven't heard anybody really talking about the fight anywhere, like YouTube or even on Twitter. I just wanted your thoughts on that fight, and I guess how do you think it goes? What do you see? Yes, so, yeah, it was funny. We were joking on our Slack channel about that on Saturday because I have honestly haven't heard the UFC even mention that fight until the broadcast on Saturday, but yeah, Zhang Wei Li defending her title in Boston against Amanda Lemos. This just seems like a look, Amanda Lemos hits hard. She's a finisher. She's, she's a good fighter, but Zhang's just on one right now. And I feel like this is going to be sort of a showcase fight for her. Um, 
I'm actually going to be on No Bets Barred this week. We're going to record later on this evening when I get to Boston. Um, I'm actually going to play some ponies here uh, for science sake. Never, I've only made one bet ever in MMA, and that was Frankie Edgar beating BJ Penn for the lightweight title. So it's been, I've, I have not placed another bet. But for the sake of science and going on the show, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the ponies for UFC 292. Why the hell not? It's, it's for science sake. It's for the show's sake. Um, and there will be bets placed on John Wei Lee for sure. Um, yeah, this is just kind of like what's going to happen after that. Now, could Amanda Lemos go in there and pull off an upset? Sure. Would it be surprising to me? Yeah. I wouldn't be like totally stunned after what we've seen the last few years. But I feel like John Wei Lee matches up really, really well with Amanda Lemos. And I think she gets her out of there within the first 10 minutes of the fight, honestly. Uh, let's go to Joe. What's up, Joe? Uh, Mike, I just wanted your thoughts on the new rules that the ABC passed this week about the icon per, or how you can get a uh, cut person if there's a clash of heads that leads to a cut, like accidental clash of heads or even intentional. And then uh, they changed it so that physician, they have to wait a minute and a half before they can ask the fighter if he's all right to fight instead of being able to go in there. There's like several small changes. I don't want to take too much time mentioning every one of them, but I'm just curious your thoughts, your feedback on the changes by the ABC. Thanks, man. Um, let me see if I can pull them up. I did see the, the cut rule and that's fine. Uh, let me see if there's other ones. Let's see what they – three new rules. So we got – let's pull them up. Five-minute recovery time for a fighter cut by a foul. Now allows cut man in a cage. Rule number two concerns referee positioning after a foul. Referees now have the discretion to position fighters appropriately after a foul to ensure neither gains an unfair advantage or suffers a disadvantage from the incident. I like the idea of that rule. Um, but I kind of have to see it play out. If it's the referee's discretion – I don't know. It depends. The referee's going to have to know fighters very, very well, but it's a start when it comes to cheating and grabbing the fence. Uh, if there's a fence grab and the ref wants to stop the fight and change positions. Cool with that. I've been saying that with fence grabs since day one. It should be automatic position change, or if it's for a takedown and the fighter holds the fence and can't get the takedown, rather than the referee just slap the hand away, he should stop it and be like, all right, it's a takedown. So get on your back start it off let's go um and then if it happens again with the same kind of consistency you put them in the center of the cage nowhere near a fence and if it happens again you take a, you take a point so hopefully this is a good rule but i don't know i have to see it sort of play out and rule number three cooperation between ringside doctors and referees after an eye poke or any other foul clarification emphasizes that doctors should not ask fighters immediately if they can see after an eye poke um this ensures fighters are given the appropriate five-minute break to recover from an eye poke incident. So, yeah, I, that's that's a fine rule. But, again, I, these are rules that sort of make sense on the surface, but we got to see them play out. I like the idea of rule number two, but I think there needs to be more to it than that. But at least they're trying, so I, I give them that. Uh, JSTAT, hello. You too, man. Um, thoughts on the DeMond Blackshear versus Mario Batista matchup? Um, how do you see that plan? Now, personally, I think Blackshear could get it done, but it's going to be tough. So what are your thoughts about that? 
So I was going to talk about this in the monologue, but I figured I would wait until somebody asked, and I knew somebody would. Uh, it was reported last night by BJPenn.com that Demond Blackshear is going to turn around real quick and replace Cody Garbrandt's fight Mario Bautista on Saturday. Uh, as of now, that is the plan. That is, Blackshear is certainly the front runner, but that is not done yet. Uh, contracts have not been signed. Anything like that has been agreed upon at least from the conversations I've had, but to say that that is done and locked in and set in stone uh, would be premature at this time. But yeah, it's a good fight. Listen, especially at Bantamweight, if you want to move up the ranks, if you want to make a name for yourself, if you want to make the big boss happy, these are the types of things you need to do. If you want to get over with the, with the fans, if you want to get more well-known in a division that is as loaded as Bantamweight, you fight as often as possible and you get on television as often as possible. If this fight does go through, and I actually think it's going to, based on the conversations I've had, it's kind of a win-win for Devon Blackshear. If he goes in there and is somewhat competitive and has a fun scrap with Mario Batista, that's good. The stock doesn't really drop too, too much, uh, but I do feel like Mario Batista is probably going to win that fight. I know it's a little, probably a little disappointing for Mario had a fight with the former champion, a fight that he was probably going to win. Let's, let's be honest. But now he gets to stay on the card. And I, I don't, I'd be stunned if this remains on the pay-per-view broadcast. But yeah, at least Mario gets to fight. He gets a paycheck. And if he can go in there and do work and get a finish to DeMond Blackshear, or at least get a sort of a one-sided decision, good for him. But DeMond Blackshear is playing with house money here. Either way, the UFC is going to be happy with him. So it's an interesting fight. I mean, Demond looked good. Got the twister. He's got a lot of buzz right now. So, yeah, take a shot. And if he can go out there and get a win, he makes a big leap. Because to me, Batista's like a top 20 guy. Top 25 at the worst. So that immediately puts Demond Blackshear up there. And if you were saying before UFC Vegas 78 that, hey, in two weeks, this guy's going to be a top 25 bantamweight, you probably wouldn't have believed me. But... He's got the opportunity, potentially, and we'll see what happens. Uh, P Money, hello. Hey, good morning, Mike. So, um, obviously, you know, Aljamain Sterling saying he wins, he's up. I mean, that's been expected. You've been saying that for a while. Um, so, let's say, you know, the UFC really likes Sean. So, if it's close, could I see him being the other half to that Marab fight for the belt? Yes. But let's say it's like, you know, a dominating 50-45. It's a submission, whatever. Are we really looking at Cejudo in the other half of that? Because, um, you know, Sanhagen, that, that was a boring main event. He's injured now. Like, is Cejudo the guy now for Marab? And then also, um, just quickly, I listened to Between the Links last week for the first time. Um, can you just explain, like, the scoring and the KO round and, like, the meaning behind the name and all that? Thanks, Mike. Sure. Um, I think... Honestly, I don't think Sanhagen will be fighting for a vacant title. I just don't see it happening. because n Not only because of the performance, but because of just the injury and stuff like that. So I don't think timing's going to line up for him. I do feel like Henry Cejudo was a big winner after that card, after Sanhagen's win over Rob Font. So I, I think there's a very good chance that Cejudo ends up getting in that fight. The UFC seems to like him. They like to put him in these positions. And there's a story between Marab and and Henry Cejudo. However, if Sean O'Malley is super competitive or is on the wrong side of a splitty or something like that, 
and it's a really competitive fight and Sean has his moments and he cuts a good promo after. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? They, they could just do Cejudo versus Sean O'Malley. Like, that, that's a possibility. I think between those three guys, should Aljo vacate the belt, defend successfully on Saturday and move up to 45, it's between those three guys. Marab should 1,000% be a part of it. Now it's just a matter of who his dance partner is going to be. And he's got history with both those guys. He's got history with Cejudo. He's got history with O'Malley with the jacket. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe O'Malley gets another win and then fights the winner of that one between Marab and Cejudo. I, I actually feel like they're going to go Cejudo and then Sean gets another win somehow. Maybe they do him and Cheeto. The winner gets the title shot, something like that. But listen, if Sean O'Malley ends up winning this fight, then he flips his whole division upside down. And then there's just too much. There's too much that could happen. So, yes, I feel it's between those three guys and it's just a matter of how it all plays out. Four Corner Sports. Oh, uh, yeah. Four Corner Sports, go ahead. And I'll talk about BTL in a second. Four Corner Sports, go ahead. All right. He's not in. We'll try again. Uh, so BTL was a show I started, I don't know, probably like six or seven years ago. It ended up being just like a like a panel show. I would just bring on different media members and we would just kind of yap back and forth. And it wasn't really a competition show at first. And then there was a show on the Loudmouth MMA podcast now before I came to MMA Fighting. Um, it was called like Around the Cage or something, something of that nature. And the guy who was hosting just wanted to be a panelist. So we just rebranded it as, as between the links and it ended up being like a me. And then it was like, a th- I believe. It was a four person panel and we do two rounds. We'd eliminate somebody after the third, we'd eliminate somebody after the fourth. And then we'd go down to two and we do the knockout round at the end. Um, we thought it might be too much when we got to MMA fighting. It's hard enough to get two people to debate back and forth with each other, nevertheless four, and then do the points that way. And honestly, like I've said a million times in the show, the points mean nothing. Um, Sometimes, like, I don't have to necessarily agree with them to get points. We really just go to the knockout round. Like, I want to get to the knockout round, and then we let sort of the people decide. Maybe I'm just a wimp, and I don't want to make decisions. (laughs) But that's kind of how it is. And I would love to do like a, a big one with like four people that we can just start eliminating people on once in a while. But yeah, that's basically how it was. It's just kind of morphed into all these different variations. So yeah, I love doing that show. It's one of my favorites and it's honestly one of those shows I think we could do much more with if we had, I don't know if we had the logistics to do it, like do it in the studio with multi cameras. Like I think we could do something really cool with that. Um, but yeah, just, it's just really tough and it's really, it's just easy to do it on the computer, but there's lots of stuff I have in mind that I think would be really cool, but, uh, I love BTL. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. 
only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, let's go to Mikey. What's up, Mikey? So, another pay-per-view week. Ah, so curious. Um, my mind's a little blank right now, but I figured... I just thought of something the rest of this moment. If O'Malley wins, what's stopping him from going up to 45 to go for two belts? And should the UFC entertain that? Now, as for the Marab thing, um, as for, oh, and as for speaking of Aljo, if Aljo retains, I wouldn't be opposed to him getting an immediate title shot at 145. I mean, it's a, basically a champion versus champion fight. You know what I mean? So anyways, happy fight week, y'all. Be kind of another. See you guys around. Yeah, I don't think O'Malley's going to do that. And I don't think the UFC would let him. This division needs to move forward. Um, and there's big fights for Sean O'Malley at 135. There's the Cejudo fight, which would, which would be a big one. And honestly, if, if Sean O'Malley wins and Marab, or not Marab, uh, Marlon Vera beats Pedro Munoz, which I'm expecting him to do in a competitive fight, they're just going to do that fight. They're just going to go ahead and run that fight, the rematch for the title. It'd be massive. It'd be absolutely massive. If Sean O'Malley beats Aljamain Sterling and has his moment in Boston, because you know the fans are going to be behind him, He's gonna just be a, he's gonna be positioned as a big star for the company. So it's basically gonna be whatever he wants, but I don't think he's gonna go to forty five. I really don't. Maybe run off three like if he wins if he beats Ahudo and like beats Vera and then beats Barab, then sure, then go to forty five if you want to. But you gotta it, this there's just too many contenders right now and O'Malley would be the star of the division. He kind of is already, even though Al's just the champion. So, yeah, I don't think he moves to 45 anytime soon just because there's, there's big fights. There's made event opportunities for him at 135. Not saying – I, I don't think the world's clamoring for a Volk fight. In fact, the, the world's not really clamoring for an Aljo-Volk fight at this time. But should Aljo move up, if he wins, and he will, he will get a title shot in his first fight. Is he going to get it immediately? No, he won't because they're going to do Volkanovski versus Ilya Tsporia first. And then we'll see kind of where Volk is. Maybe Volk wants to go to 55. Maybe they do another interim title situation. But that's going to be a really interesting story. Like, do they just throw Aljo right into a title fight? They should. But we know how the UFC kind of feels about Aljamain Sterling. They don't promote him as the guy. They really haven't since he's won the belts. And it's been a very strange title run. But even if he beat – it's just – the Aljo story is going to be a really interesting one. I think he's going to be one of those guys kind of like a DC and a DJ where – He'll be much more appreciated when he's gone. 
like when he calls it a career and he's working the desk or something, I think people are going to appreciate what he did a lot more. But even if he goes out and beats John O'Malley and just washes him, it's just, they're going to be like, well, O'Malley's never really that good. And he's still not going to get the credit. So interesting spot. We'll see if he gets an immediate title shot, but I think they will do the Taporia fight first before they entertain that idea. Or who knows? Maybe they just want to throw Volk right in there for the lightweight title again. Maybe in February or March or something against the winner of Islam and, and Oliveira. Maybe they do Taporia versus Aljo for the interim title. I don't know. That'd be a kind of a tough draw, though. There's a lot that's in play here. That's for sure. Uh, Four Corner Sports. We're going to go for about eight more minutes. So if you last call, if you want to get questions. In. What's up, Four Corner right, Sports? Can you hear me now? All right, yep. perfect. All right, so I feel like a lot of a lot of people are not really talking about um, these two fights in particular, the Zhang Wei Li fight versus Amanda Lemos and Chris Weidman versus Brad Tavares. Um, how much percentage do you give Brad, um, what's it called, Chris Weidman defeating Brad Tavares? I feel like it's a huge question mark to see how he does. Um, recovering from that nasty leg um, injury that he had against uh, Uriah Hall, um, to be honest, I never wanted Wyman to return back because I just felt like he was at the tail end of his career. But, um, you know, I'm going to be locked in on, on that fight. Um, and then also, um, as for um, Jean Wei Lee versus Manny Lemos, now, I didn't realize that Lemos did fight at 135. I actually found out about that in the UFC countdown. Jean versus um, Lemos, I actually think that this fight can not make it to the cards. Is there a possibility that you think that um, Jean could get caught? Just because I feel like she, she looked unstoppable against everybody that's not named Rose Namajunas. And it's just very intrigued on this matchup because if that if she could get passed through Lemos, then they could do her against Yang Janan. And then, you know, maybe possibly Tatiana moving on forward. And then uh, lastly, what's it called? If Sean O'Malley wins, how big of a stock is, his, is, his, uh, is it going to be boosted up for him? All right. Thanks, Mike. So I, I touched on the, the Zhang Lamosh fight. Could Lamosh catch her? Sure. I just don't think she does. I mean, that, I honestly think that's the only way Lamosh can win this fight if she lands a big shot out of nowhere. Uh, but I think Zhang's just going to beat her up. She's going to take her down. She's going to either submit her or she's going to punch her in the face a bunch. Uh, Zhang's just on one right now. She's just she's in the zone. I think she learned a lot from the Rose knockout loss. I actually thought, uh, I actually thought Zhang won the rematch, even in the rewatch. I thought John won that fight. So I think she took a lot away from that. And she just absolutely steamrolled Carl Sparza. And, you know, Lamosh is, is big and strong and she's powerful. But John is just better than her pretty much everywhere. Lamosh does have, does have some power, but so does John. John could land a big shot and knock out Amanda Lamosh too. So I just think John's better if like equal or better everywhere. And she has a big advantage on the ground. Um, her top control is nasty. And I think she's going to do really well. Yeah, I, I, I am with you with not a lot of people talking about the Chris Weidman fight. I feel like Weidman's got a chance. I think it's a really good like comeback fight for him. You can't just give him... You can't give him Jamie Pickett. No disrespect to Jamie Pickett, but you can't give him that. you got to give him somebody with somewhat of a name, a vet, top 25-ish guy, and I, I feel like this is about as good as it can get for, for Chris Wyman. He has advantages with the wrestling. I, I expect a grappling-heavy grappling approach from Chris Wyman, and I think he's got a good chance to win this fight. 
I think he's got a good chance to win this fight. It's going to be interesting to see if, if how Tavares plays this out. Is he going to go in and start kicking him in the legs over like immediately? If I'm him, even though some people will give him crap for it, it's probably what I would do. And we'll see how Wyman can handle it. See what happens when he throws a kick, checks a kick. But I do expect a, a grappling heavy approach from Chris Wyman. If that's what happens, if he's able to get takedowns early and can hang on, I think I think it's a fight he can win. I, I really do. I really do. And if Sean if Sean O'Malley wins, it's it's a huge shock rise for him. He beats the guy. Uh, he beats one of the longest reigning champions in the history of the division. The only guy to defend the title three consecutive times. It's a huge win for him. It's a huge win for him. It solidifies everything the UFC has been trying to do with this guy for a while and everything he says he is. So, and I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling it out, but I do think I was just going to win, but I'll just definitely going to have to mind his P's and Q's in this fight for sure. All right. So we got Mafu, Jameer and Eric well, I, there's four people in line. I'm going to get to all of you. We're just going to go rapid fire because I got to get out of here. So, uh, Mafu, do we have you? Mafu, do we have you? You just got to unmute yourself. Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? There we go. Good, how are you? Good, good. So, I just want to go back. The last time I spoke on here, I spoke about Khalil Roundtree. And, yeah, my boy is now ranked 11th. I still think within the next two years, he gets a title. What's your thoughts on that? Keeps doing what he's doing. He's got an opportunity. Keeps doing what he's doing. He's got a chance. But he's consistent. He's won four in a row. And this is it's always that worry with Roundtree. It goes out and has a blistering performance and then bounces back the next fight. And it's just not the same guy. But he's brought the he's brought the violence pretty much consistently across the board. So yeah, I like what I see. How quickly will he get to a title shot? I don't know, man. I, I actually, I don't know if two years, if he's super active in those two years and wins like five or six fights, sure. But he's just, he's not like a call out guy. He's not going to make headlines outside of his fights. And there's nothing wrong with that. I appreciate that oftentimes, but you got to kind of have it all to get bumped up real quick. And this division is just really weird right now. I've had the title vacated a whole bunch Jamal Hill is probably going to vacate, it, it appears. He said he was going to. We're going to do Yuri versus Alex at some point. Apparently, that, that fight is almost locked and loaded. Date, TBD, but, I mean, I think that's the one everybody expects. Then Jamal Hill is going to come back and probably fight the winner. So it, the road's going to be kind of a tough one for him. But, yeah, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's good to go. Uh, we'll keep this rapid fire going. Uh, real quick, Faisal, hello. If we can get you. Do we have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me on, bro. Um, sure. A question. Don't you think it's just better for the Bantamweight division in general if Sean O'Malley wins? Because then there's a storyline against Marlon Vera if he wins his fight. Because obviously he lost to him. It's his only loss. And also Sterling is planning on moving up to featherweight anyways. So he pretty much beat everybody. What do you think about that? I mean, it'd be great for the UFC. Obviously, it's best for business for the UFC if Sean O'Malley wins his fight because he's a bigger star than Aljamain Sterling. It just is what it is. So, and then you could do these big fights, but it just depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for box office, yeah, it's best for UFC for Sean O'Malley to win the belt. And then we could do the Vera fight and all that. But then you kind of screw over the Marabs, the Sandhagens. Not that I think Sandhagen would get a vacant title fight anyways, but... 
Imagine being Corey Sandhagen, who just put the wood to Marlon Vera, even though it's labeled as a split decision. It was not a split. Like that was a clear win, clear one-sided win for Corey Sandhagen. Can you imagine if Marlon Vera beats Pedro Munoz and then leapfrogs him to a title shot? I would get it, and that's probably what's going to happen. But if I'm Sandhagen, I'm like, ah, oh, come on, man. And then Marab doesn't get a title shot? Like, that's just wild. That's just insane. So for the UFC, business-wise, yes, that's what they want. And I think deep down, they'll never come out and say it, but they're rooting for Sean O'Malley, 100%. They're rooting for Sean O'Malley because he becomes an even bigger star if he wins this fight. But if you're a fan of meritocracy and who deserves what and all that, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Because Marab ain't getting one. Cejudo, you know, probably ain't get one anyways. But unless it's vacant, Sanhagen gets jumped over probably by Marlon Vera, who just, who just lost to Sanhagen in his most recent fight. So, yeah, the division looks way different if Sean O'Malley wins. But the UFC will be okay with that. Because O'Malley-Vera is the biggest fight they can make in this division right now. Uh, Daniel, hello. Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect. Well, heck of a morning to you. Uh, just wanted to get your opinion on Contender Series this week. I know we talked about a little last week, uh, just how crazy, how many contracts they gave out. But I did, didn't think it was a coincidence that they also had seven fighters coming into last week's uh, UFC card on a losing streak, including you know guys like Chris Dawkins and uh, JP Bye. So I feel like they had a couple guys to cut and give contracts. But just curious what you think uh, this week's Contender Series is going to look like and uh, how many contracts they give out. Have a safe flight, Mike. Well, they're going to give away four at least. Uh, if Hyder Emil, who, I'm, who I like a lot, if Hyder Emil wins, he may not get one because he missed weight, but there is precedent sent that you can miss weight and have a, a finish and look good to Dana and still get a contract. So we'll get four or five. We'll get four or five. This is the George Hardwick show. This is, this is what this event is. Um, but I think all the winners are going to get contracts. Hyder Emil will be interesting because he did miss weight, but th- this is what the show is going to be. This is what the show is now, unless the fights are just awful. But even then, we saw Kyle Machado get a contract, and that fight was not fun at all. So, look, at th- th- this is what the show is. You get on the show, you get Tuesday fights. Hardcore MMA fans love it. And then we get to make some dreams come true, and that's great. But to me, it just... It's losing its luster. It's watered down. And I went through last week, season one and two, like how hard it was to get a contract. Like we had guys getting 46 second spinning back fist finishes and weren't getting contracts because the, they didn't feel the UFC was ready. But this is a whole different thing now. We have the ESPN deal. We have to fill spots. We have Apex cards we need to fill with these kinds of guys. We've got to cut some of the big money fighters who are on losing streaks and bringing guys on 10 and 10 and 12 and 12. Like we know what this is. But I wish there was, you know, some sort of threshold where you have to at least do this much to get a contract, not just go in and win. So, yeah, I think we're going to get four or five, and that's going to be the it's going to be what happens every single week. We're going to get forty five to fifty contracts this season, without a doubt. Uh, Jameer, and then we'll go to Eric, and then I got to go. Jameer, what's, what's up, man? Up? I was just asking, um, do you think Leon and Kobe is going to co-main? The John Jones Stipe car, and then who do you think will be the main and co-main for a December car if Connor isn't ready? It's a great question. Yes, to the Colby one, but I have no like actual insight. I'm just trying to play Tetris here with these fights. 
Uh, Dana said there's going to be another fight announced for October, uh, the co-main event for Abu Dhabi. I assume it's going to be the women's bantamweight fight, but maybe they do. Who knows? Maybe they do Yuri versus Alex on that card as the co-main event. Because you're not going to, like, it's usually the, the higher weight class gets the billing, but in Abu Dhabi, Islam Akshef's fighting. He's got to be in the main event. So maybe it goes there. I don't know. We kind of have to wait and see. Kind of have to wait and see. December, like I've been saying for a while, I do feel like we're going to get the Conor Chandler fight on that card. I feel like we're going to get it. I don't know. I've been, I've been, I guess, a little more optimistic than most. A lot of people worried about the USADA thing. Why? Why are you worried about that? He's Conor McGregor. He's Conor McGregor. This isn't Mario Batista coming back after a two-and-a-half-year layoff. No disrespect Mario Batista. He's a really good fighter, but he's not Conor McGregor. Like, Conor, there are no rules for Conor. He's the biggest star in the history of the sport. Conor wants to fight in December and just wants to pass two tests to get it. They're going to make it happen. They're going to make it happen. Remember, the UFC doesn't work for USADA. USADA works for the UFC. So I do feel like we're going to get that fight. Chandler's been teasing some stuff that people have been kind of quote tweeting and screenshotting. He's going to be apparently at uh, ESPN headquarters talking about Tough and a potential fight with Connor. This is the last episode of Tough. Later on tonight, I kind of feel like they're going to announce the date. And I think it's going to be December. But again, no real insight. This is just what my gut's telling me, and this is what my gut's been telling me the whole time. So. What will Coleman event December? I have no idea. But I kind of feel like... Kind of feel like maybe... I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to say. There's many... There's multiple title fights. I'd like to see the Islam Oliveira card get the Yuri Alex vacant title fight. November, we do Joan Stipe, Leon Colby vacant ban- women's bantamweight title fight and then december we do connor and then it really doesn't matter it really doesn't matter maybe you do like wonder boy usman as the co-main event like who's going to complain about that so connor's the big wild card here but i again i'm way more optimistic than most that that fight's going to happen in december all right eric last one i gotta go i apologize for the other guys waiting but i have to go i have to hop on an airplane eric hello I can see Aljo taking it to the later rounds. And uh, I agree on that December card between uh, McGregor and Nacho. That's going to happen. So thanks, guys. Yeah. Honestly, I, you know what? Maybe I'll take a couple more. This fight ain't going to the cards. I'll be stunned if this fight goes to the cards. This Aljamain Sterling Sean O'Malley fight. I think either Sean's going to just clip him within three rounds or. Alger's just going to smush him and tap him within three rounds. Like, this fight ain't going to – if it goes to the cards, then it's going to be an incredible – it's going to be one of the best fights of the year if it goes to the cards, honestly. But Aljo's got a huge chip on his shoulder. Look, is it bad for O'Malley if he loses this fight? Sure. But this is, like, all the pressure's on Aljo here. He's supposed to walk in and beat this dude. Sean O'Malley, if he loses this fight, all he's got to do is win one more and he's right back in the mix. So this, there's not a ton of pressure here for Sean. Is he going to deal with like some short-term backlash and some shit talk? Sure. But is he going to, 
Is he going to lose a lot of luster if he loses to Sterling? No. He'll be right back. So I think all the pressure's on Aljamain Sterling here. And I think it's going to be a fun fight. All right, Septian, real quick, what do you got? If we can get past the spinning wheel of doom. Oh, do we have you? Unmute yourself and we got you. Septiana, you're there. Unmute yourself. All right. We tried. Okay. Well, that's it, everybody. Um, Going to get ready to hop on a plane off to Boston. Lots of content this week. We got media day tomorrow. We got the press conference on Thursday. It's going to be another media day on Thursday as well. Uh, I believe Tatiana Suarez is going to be there. Rob Font, Calvin Cater, Joe Lozon. And then Friday, obviously, we'll have the morning weigh-ins, ceremonial weigh-ins. There's going to be a 30th anniversary Q&A at the Garden with Font, Cater, Lozon. I believe Chell Sonnen is going to be a part of that as well. So that will be fun. And No Bets Barred. I'm going to be on No Bets Barred this week with the, with the fellas, with, with Jed and GC. We're going to be recording that later on today. So... Uh, lots of content. Stick with us. MMAfighting.com. As Jed says, is a terrific website. And shout out to Jed going on MK and just absolutely crushing it with my man BC. That was a, a good time. If you haven't checked it out, go check out Morning Combat. Jed was on with, with BC. But thank you all very much. Back on this show Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll be live from Boston, Massachusetts. And we'll answer your questions again. So until then, everybody, thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.